Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from lifestylemaster.com and today I'm excited to have Kai Kawasaki who's a marketing evangelist, author and Silicon Valley venture capitalist who's the founder and managing director of Garage Technology Ventures. Kai was an Apple fellow at Apple Computers and sits on boards of Bedpass, Film Loop and Simply Hired. A noted speaker and founder of various personal computer companies, Kai was one of the individuals responsible for the success of Macintosh Company. He's also the author of 15 books including The Art of the Start, how to Try for Competition Crazy, Selling the Dream, and the Macintosh book, and the newly released book, The Wise Guy. Kai holds a BA from Stanford University and an MBA from UCLA, as well as an honorary doctorate from Babson College. A huge thank you to Lillian Ball from Penguin Random House for organizing the interview. Welcome to the show, Kai. Thank you. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk to your audience. Awesome. So, you know, uh, uh, you've done a lot of things, you know, how did you get your start into, into entrepreneurship? My start in entrepreneurship, probably reading, you know, reading about all the magic that was happening in Silicon Valley. And then I went to Stanford. So I was, you know, where it was happening and you could see the, the power of HP and uh, all the cool stuff they were doing. And, it's like being in Disneyland in Silicon Valley. Okay, and uh, you, you know, you did your MBA and then worked in in the, in the jewelry business, you know, yes. and, and then then you moved on to Apple. Uh, so you know, so how how did, how did you get that opportunity to work in Apple? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I. If you looked at my my career path, uh, you would hardly say that it's linear, nor necessarily optimized. Uh, I went from the jewelry business to Macintosh. I left the Macintosh division, started some companies, went back to Apple, started more companies, uh, became a writer and a speaker, and now I'm chief evangelist of Canva. This is an online graphics design service out of Australia and a Mercedes-Benz brand ambassador. And I just want you to know that you know, back in high school, if you think that I planned this path, you'd be very mistaken. <laughs> and the the question you specifically asked me is, how did I get the job at Apple? Uh, that was pure nepotism. And by that, I mean that my college roommate, Mike Boych, hired me into Apple. I, on paper, did not have the qualifications for that job at all. Okay, and you know, you both worked with uh, you know Steve Jobs, uh, yep. at Apple uh, during the early days. You know, what did you learn from Jobs? Oh, how, how long can this <laughs> podcast go? Uh, I learned you know some really crucial lessons. First of all, that your existing customer can't necessarily tell you how to evolve. Uh, let's say that again. Your existing customer can't tell you how to jump to the next curve. They could tell you how to make a better, faster, cheaper Apple II, but they cannot tell you how to make a Macintosh. And your Macintosh customer can't tell you how to make a better iPhone, iPad, or iPod. So that was lesson number one. Lesson number two, uh, I learned that uh, design really counts. It's not just functionality. It's also the beauty of the product. The third thing that I learned is uh, to create a meritocracy to ignore people's gender, sexual orientation, religion, 
you know, all the stuff that doesn't matter. Either the person can deliver results or can't. So I, I would characterize those as the, one of the three most important things that I learned from Steve Jobs. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, about venture capitalism because, you know, you, you, you started uh, Grash Ventures. So, you, you know, what do you look for when investing into startups? I'm no longer an active investor because of my work with Mercedes and Canva. But my investment algorithm is you, you invest in things that you would use or you are using. Um, that would be one path. Another path is that you, uh, you find companies where the founders created something that they wanted to use as opposed to because of some you know, market-driven kind of line of reasoning. So yeah, Stephen Waugh created a personal computer because that's what they wanted to use, not because they read some consulting study that said you know, computers are going to be a big deal. So I, I think those are the, the two richest veins for picking companies. Okay, and you know, you know, when should an entrepreneur look for funding? Uh, uh, do, you, do you believe, uh, you, know, it's, uh, you know, as soon as you get the right product market fit, you should look at uh, funding or should you, should you wait, uh, uh, you know, Till the X amount of revenue to, to look for funding? Well, uh, I think that uh, we're trying to draw a picture that is too simplistic. That is, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a serial process where you achieve this, then this, and then this, and then this, and, you know, you go down the line in a nice straight, straight path. And in fact, it's not true that you are you're building your prototype, you're trying to make a sale, you're trying to raise money, and you're trying to recruit all at the same time. And one of the things that entrepreneurs must understand is that as an entrepreneur, your life is parallel, it's not serial. So if you want a path where you only have to do one thing at a time, don't be an entrepreneur. Okay. And, uh, you know, what characteristics should an entrepreneur have to, to build a great company? Well, uh, I think that this is a largely theoretical discussion because, you know, let's say that I say that the person has to be hardworking, honest, and smart. Let's just say, all right? right. Well, so, you know, people listen to this podcast and they say, okay, for now I'm going to be smart, for now I'm going to be honest, and from now on uh, I'm going to be, you know, hardworking and that's going to make me an entrepreneur. Well... I mean, if it were that easy, then, you know, everybody would just change their character, number one. And all the people who are already that would be successful entrepreneurs. So I, I think that there is no straight and direct path. Um, you know, some entrepreneurs are really social and outgoing and, you know, you'd like them to be your best friend. And some entrepreneurs are social misfits. Uh, and some entrepreneurs are social misfits. So there's no answer. And I think at the time you have to pick, should I join this company? Should I invest in this company? There really is no way to tell. And it's only after the fact that you can say, oh yeah, I knew Steve and Waz would be great. I knew Larry and Sergey would be great. I knew J Jerry and David would be great. Well, yeah, after you know that Yahoo and Apple and Google and Cisco and Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook are successful, you can say, yeah, I knew those founders were great. But, you know, I mean, 
thousands of startups happen every year and a few dozen succeed. So, you know, <laughs> it's hard to pick. Correct. And, uh, you, you know, you talk about being a solo founder and uh, having having other co-founders. Do you think it uh, having a co-founder, uh, you know, makes a startup easier? Or oh, yes. Think- oh, yes, yes. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't think that entrepreneurship is a solo affair. Uh, there are fundamentally two functions. Somebody has to make it and somebody has to sell it. And it's very rare that the person who can make it can also sell it. It's probably even more rare that the person who can sell it can also make it. So, you know, this is Steve and Waz. Steve could sell, Waz could make. And if you didn't have both of them, Apple might not have been a success. So you need to find co-founders that complement your skills. So if you're the engineer, you need to find a salesperson. If you're the salesperson, you need to find an engineer. And that goes throughout the whole company. You need to find people that are better at what they do than you are. Okay, got it. So, uh, you know, you were an evangelist at Apple and you're also a marketing evangelist at uh, Canva. You know, so how's evangelism different from marketing? Uh, I would say that evangelism is the purest form of marketing. And by that, I mean that, you know, evangelism, which means bringing the good news, you have the other person's best interests at heart. So if I tell you to use Canva, it's because I truly do believe that using Canva, you can create great graphics. And great graphics is going to make you a better communicator, and being a better communicator is going to make you more effective. So don't get me wrong, it's good for me if you use Canva, but fundamentally, I have your best interests at heart. That's not true of all of marketing and sales. Okay. And, and, you know, how did you become an evangelist for, for Canva, uh, which, which is an Australian company? Uh, they saw me using Canva for my tweets because of my uh, social media assistant. And so they reached out to me and then I checked with my assistant to see if this is the company we were using. And she said, yes. And I asked her if we should help them. And she said, yes. And the rest is history. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, is, is it a day job uh, of running Canva or, you, you know, you also no. master for Mercedes? Uh, my day job is not running Canva because Canva is fundamentally located in Sydney and Manila. Okay. Uh, my job is outward focus. It's to spread the word about Canva, uh, not to run a department or you know, supervise employees. Okay, and, and, and do you use uh, social media primarily to, to, to be an evangelist for Canva? Yes, I use, I mean, that's maybe all I use. Okay. Um, you know, I think that social media is God's gift to entrepreneurship because social media is fast and free and ubiquitous. And, you know, how much better can it get than that? Okay. And, 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 you know, uh, uh, which of the social media platforms you use to, to promote, uh, promote your, uh, promote Canva or, or, or your, yourself? Uh, I, I, I know I'm, I, I, use, time. Sorry, I, use Link, I use LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. And, and, uh, you, you were once using Google plus also, uh, do you still use Google plus or uh, do you think, you know, you know you know, basically Google Plus is being discontinued. So, uh, sadly, it's going to be gone soon. 
Okay, okay, and and out of LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, yeah, which is your favorite social media platform? Probably LinkedIn because people are more likely to be who they say they are there. Okay, and uh, you know, since you use social media so extensively, uh, what are some things uh, you're doing which you know listeners can do to to increase the 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 uh, the engagement on social media platforms. Sure. So I think that all social media posts should either have a picture or a video with it. Okay. Except for LinkedIn. For some reason, I think LinkedIn plain text posts work the best. So that's one. Uh, number two is to always have it in your mind, you know, am I providing value? Am I providing information or assistance or amusement and if you provide enough value, then you earn the privilege to do some promotion. And the model I like to cite is Wikipedia or National Public Radio, where you know, Wikipedia and NPR provide such great content that every once in a while they can run a fundraising campaign. And the fundraising campaign is extremely successful. It's because they have been providing value. So with your social media, you should be providing value so that one day you can tell people, Hey, buy my book, and they'll feel like morally obligated to do it. Okay, and and, and do you also promote social media posts, or uh, is it is it about uh, really making sure that you provide value and uh, provide that engagement? Uh, do you believe in paid media uh, to to really promote and post uh, promote your post? I have done it a few times. Uh, I just, philosophically, I, I guess I just believe that my post should be so good I don't need to pay for the, for people to see it. Uh, and it's not like I have a $5 million budget. Um, I don't know. It's just, I'm scrappy. I mean, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I have paid for, uh, you know, Facebook campaigns, but I've, we, uh, one thing I want to make crystal clear is I have never ever bought a follower. Okay, and, and do you have any tips on how to increase uh, followers? You know, especially in new social media platforms like Instagram and uh, you know uh, Facebook. Just, just provide great content. It's very simple. Okay, um, so you know, uh, I've read your book, Wise Guy, but it's a phenomenal, fantastic book that you've written. Uh, what made you write Wise Guy? Well, I'm 64 years old, you know, I'm kind of at the end of my career, and I wanted to pass on some wisdom that I have gained so that people can avoid the mistakes I made and uh, learn from. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, guys, is it a, is a, bi is a bi uh, biographical book or is it a book about lessons uh, from Guy Kawasaki? Uh, it is not biographical in the sense that, you know, I take you from my birth and I walk you through every, you know, period of my life. I do a little bit at the start because there are lessons I learned from my parents and grandparents. But after the start, then it, goes completely by subject, you know, Apple, parenting, values, business, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's not meant as an autobiography or memoir. It's meant as a collection of stories that communicate wisdom. 
Okay, and and what can be one takeaway for for you know, you know listeners uh, who can have when they read the book? Oh, uh, one takeaway is uh, if you want to be successful, you need to have grit. That is, you have to work hard. There's no magic uh, in success. Okay, and uh, and you know uh, as you rightly mentioned that you you have uh, sections in in the book uh, about uh, you know. About social media values, parenting. Uh, you, you have a lot of phenomenal stories that you started surfing at the age of sixty-two. Um, so you know how <laughs> how how's the surfing uh, you know uh, been for you? Uh, the, the the surfing is going well. I took it up at sixty-two, and I truly do love it. Um, there's a lesson there too that you know learning is a lifelong process. It doesn't stop when you're young. Right, and and uh, uh, you know, uh, you you've also talked about speaking, and, and uh, there's some 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 great stories about your keynote speeches in in Russia and and, and you know, other places. So, uh, how can somebody become a, a good public speaker? Practice, practice, and quantity. Uh, you know, I, I speak fifty to seventy-five times a year since nineteen, I don't know, eighty-seven or eighty-eight. And it's taken you know, this long to be as comfortable as I am. Uh, another tip is tell stories. Instead of using adjectives and bragging, you know, tell stories. It's not about promotion. It's about entertaining and educating. So tell stories. Okay, and uh, and you know you've also uh, you know recommended a book called if you want to write uh, if you want to improve writing. In fact, you know I I went ahead and I bought that book also to uh, to improve my writing and you know I learned yeah. lot of lot of lot of great things. You know, excellent book. Uh, you have any other uh, you know tips on how to improve writing? Uh, kind of like speaking, you just have to keep doing it. Um, you have to enjoy the editing process as opposed to the drafting process, and it's 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 just repetitive, grind it out. You know, you, you don't have don't wait for the quote unquote inspiration. Um, that's for amateurs. You just show up and start writing, and you grind it out. It's just hard, hard work. I uh, I completely agree, and you know you've written fifteen books till now. Which 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 is your most memorable book uh, out of all the books that you've written? Uh, every book is a memorable book. Correct, <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, you know you know uh, the next segment is 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 what I call the top three, where I ask the you know the, the top three questions. Uh, so uh, uh, let's let's quickly do the. What's your favorite business book? My favorite business book. Probably uh, Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen. Okay. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you started uh, your, your entrepreneurial journey, what is the one thing you would have focused on? I would have focused on not believing all the hype and not scaling as fast as enough. I mean, not, I scaled too fast. I scaled the company too fast because I started believing the hype. Okay. And, and, and what's, what's your favorite online tool, for example, or Gmail, Slack, LinkedIn? Oh, uh, 
I mean, it's, this is a very boring answer, but I spend my life in Apple Mail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, put that on the show notes. So, uh, you, know, you know, what is the best way people can buy the book, uh, Wise Guy? Uh, well, if you're in India, you know, at the Amazon India site, uh, Amazon or, you know, at GuyKawasaki.com, I have a page for the book and I list other sellers around the world, but I, I don't, it won't be hard to find this book. I mean, the publisher I use has great distribution. Okay. And, and uh, what are the best way people can reach out to you and know more, more about it? Well, my email is my name at Gmail, so Guy Kawasaki at Gmail. And uh, if they want to see what I'm personally doing, it's my Instagram account. And if they want to see, uh, you know, my business and other kind of leanings, it's my LinkedIn account where I'm Guy Kawasaki. So, you know, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Guy. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I'm glad you liked the book. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.